good afternoon. We want to uh, you know, welcome you to another one of our podcasts in a series of podcasts that cover different issues that uh, are germane and relevant to small and medium-sized employers and talk about things that uh, are impacting their costs that perhaps uh, we might be able, to be able to give you a better understanding of and uh, a better way to perhaps address some things that um, you may not be aware of. The guest today is Dave Shermer. Uh, He's the president of Windsor Benefits, and Dave's expertise is in managing uh, the pharmacy component for the employers with whom we work. And we work with employers ranging in size from five on up. If you are a large employer, like a FedEx, for example, they have the resources to go out and to hire and uh, engage a consultant just to help them manage the pharmacy. Small employers don't have that. Our small employers do have that, and Dave Shermer is that go-to guy. Dave, you want to tell everybody a little bit about your uh, your history, your background, and uh, what you've been doing in the pharmacy field? Sure, Howard. Thank you. Um, I, I joined a small division of a medicine shop who at the time was owned by Cardinal Health back in 1998, and that was the beginning of my affiliation in the PBM industry. Um, as such, I worked directly with all the leads that would come from medicine shop stores. And I think at the time there was about 1150 medicine shop stores around the country. Um, we did pretty well as a, a small PBM. In fact, maybe we did too well, and I was uh, our, our little division was sold to Express Scripts. Um, and there I worked for about a year before I went on to uh, work for ProCare out of Atlanta. And in 2011, I became an independent consultant because I uh, finally realized that the work I did was directly with employers to control costs and not necessarily affiliated with any particular PBM. So I've been an independent consultant ever since. And Dave has been uh, instrumental in being able to uh, help employers deal with some very, very difficult situations. Dave, you wanted to uh, talk about specialty drugs because specialty drugs have been a, a source of significant impact for many employers. And when faced with that, uh, the uh, premiums that they have to pay, the cost of the uh, of the actual uh, product that they have to pay, has uh, in some cases caused employers to have to drop insurance in, uh, if the if the group is under a certain number of employees. Uh, but uh, we've always been able to find some creative solutions. And uh, if you will, Dave, why don't you first of all kind of define what the category of specialty drugs is? What might be an example of that? And uh, then let's talk about some of the things we did to address that. Sure. Well, specialty drugs, uh, it's a little bit of a uh, uh, variable definition, but by and large, specialty drugs are considered to be, uh, first of all, injectable items. There are some exceptions, especially today to that, but they uh, started off as uh, injectables. Um, often they were biotech in nature um, and generally always expensive. Um, these are drugs that are used to treat uh, somewhat significant situations, often autoimmune issues like Enbrel or Humira, um, but sometimes could be involved with cancer treatments 
um, and other uh, different diseases that, uh, that, that are out there, unfortunately. Um, what we have found is that, uh, and, and the biggest concern we had with the ACA was the potential requirement for those drugs to be covered. Uh, however, there has been numerous interpretations of the ACA and we now feel pretty comfortably that uh, specialty drugs can be excluded, restricted and, and greatly uh, impacted uh, in the uh, plan design that we use today. So uh, we have had considerable amount of, of success protecting our, uh, our groups, especially the small groups, from an unaffordable expense with uh, specialty items. Yeah, Dave, have uh, you been able to help uh, some of the groups avoid this cost by using uh, uh, access to patient assistance? Patient assistance is certainly one of the avenues that we always look at. And that ties into the plan design setup because the number one issue with patient assistance is that uh, it is designed for, for members that are either uninsured, underinsured, or somehow not covered for that item. So if we have coverage for that in the PBM world, in the PBM setup, uh, that could very well exclude that direction as being an option. So uh, it, it's become ultra important to design the plan with those things in mind. And if we have to backtrack, we would, we're in a better position to override the plan and make something covered that was not covered than we are to try to backtrack and make something not covered that was already covered. So plan design setup is, is the most important thing to uh, address this area. Now, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if a um, uh, member uh, is headed in the direction of patient assistance, ultimately, if they qualify, uh, can you kind of define where the patient assistance comes from, who you apply to, and what the ultimate cost um, uh, would be? In other words, the reduction in cost would be once the individual did qualify. Yeah, uh, and there is some variance to that with the drug and the different drug manufacturers, but basically drug manufacturers got involved with patient assistance uh, as a means of taking some heat off of their uh, price increases and expensive drugs that they were coming out to the market with. Um, so they did that by uh, putting together these assistance programs, as I said, primarily for members that were not covered. And um, uh, if I wanted to be critical of the manufacturers, they raised the price and then gave away some of the medication to show how good they are, because all of those specialty items have increased in cost. But um, taking the editorial comment aside, um, these programs are desi designed to take care of people who are below certain income thresholds uh, and who do not have coverage for the item uh, in their current plan. Those income thresholds can vary. Um, I've seen members qualify with household incomes in excess of $100,000, uh, but nevertheless, there is generally an income piece of that qualification. 
And then uh, once a member is qualified, uh, the cost is more common zero, but it can be anything between zero and, and the amount of cost of the drug in the first place. But usually it is well under 25% of the cost of the drug and often zero to the member. Yeah, that's been, uh, you know, a, a, a big safe harbor for the employers that we work with. Now, it, it's important to note, however, that um, the, the uh, patient assistance uh, option is only available if that particular drug doesn't have coverage within that plan. And when an employer controls the uh, pharmacy component and the funding for basic health care, which is what our groups have been positioned to do, then they're in a position to have the prerogative to de design a plan any way they wish. And uh, it is now possible for them to create a separate uh, component or a separate category of drugs, and a specialty would fall into that category, that uh, the plan does not cover. And in that the plan doesn't cover it now, then the patient assistance uh, is in uh, is a possible tool to use to fill that hole. Am I right about that, Dave? You're absolutely correct, Howard. Um, not only it could be a hard exclusion, uh, but we've also done it with softer language where we say uh, drugs available from other sources are not covered within the plan, other sources being patient assistance or whatever we define that as. So it becomes a little softer way of presenting the language, but with the same result. Is there a program available with, uh, um, you know, the uh, um, independent PBM that uh, we've been able to have the opportunity to work with in some cases where they could be somewhat of a, uh, an assist and a pathway to the patient assistance uh, uh, the patient assistance option? Yes, we, we have a PBM that will incorporate that into their program um, and make it a little uh, more seamless than it can be otherwise. Uh, we've also worked with outside entities that will come in and uh, work with the patient to get them onto assistance and then those those generally require uh, some form of payment, usually a shared savings arrangement with that other entity. Um, but regardless of the method taken, it does require some cooperation from the member, uh, the patient uh, in the process, because obviously it is the patient that's going after that assistance, not the group, because these are patient assistant programs, not group assistance right. programs. Right. You know, what um, most employers don't realize and what most groups don't realize and most uh, uh, consumers don't realize, insurance companies are meant to take a risk for what they don't know. And health insurance happens to be a unique animal within this particular uh, uh, industry. We are using insurance premiums filtered through third parties to pay for things that we need that we do know, and drugs are at the top of the list. So, for example, if there's a, um, uh, a diabetic in a plan, it's known that that diabetic needs a certain drug for the rest of their life. That's a fixed expense. So, therefore, 
rather than going to insurance companies that market up, we want to position an employer to be able to go to somebody like Dave to be able to bring uh, bring them to a uh, a resource that gets the best value to meet that need and mitigate the impact of that to an employer plan. And uh, Dave, you you want to talk about the, you know some of the things that you've done to assist employers and how they can structure their benefit program, how you work with you know develop. Um, uh, uh, you know, the possibility of using an alternative initially that um, might be available or a generic that might be available that's less costly but does exactly the same thing. And uh, with the advice and consent of the attending physician, oftentimes uh, you've been able to go in a direction that they were not aware of. Well, sure. Uh, almost every PBM on the planet today requires the use of a generic drug when available. Uh, so multi-source brand use is a pretty insignificant problem in the world today. Where the problem occurs is when the prescriber uh, writes the prescription for uh, a brand item that is relatively new, still under brand patent pr uh, protection status, and may have a perfectly good generic out there that's been out for a while that is not even attempted. So what we do in all of our plans is, is not look at every item, that's not a possibility, but we set fairly low uh, cost thresholds that require a prior authorization. Most PBMs have prior authorization items that they have chosen. We have prior authorization thresholds so that we don't care what the drug is, if it exceeds $500 for a 30-day supply, we do a prior authorization review of that. Now, some people feel they get automatically say, oh my, that's, that's a lot of drugs. It really isn't. Um, in our book of business, which represents uh, something, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 12 to 15,000 lives, um, we, we don't get uh, a, a PA a week for all of those covered lives. Um, so it, it really is not uh, an insurmountable issue. Um, we think it's important to look at that, and we think that's the right level to look at because we're not worried about a $500 single cost item for that 30-day supply. We're worried about a $6,000 annual cost because that item is used on a monthly basis, 12 months a year. So that has been the largest single thing that we have done to keep costs under control for our groups because it's much more effective to stop the first script than it is to try to look in the rearview mirror and change something that has already occurred. You know, you know probably the biggest uh, deficiency and the biggest disadvantage small and medium-sized employers have is they don't have information. The only information they normally get, because it's normally the only information they seek, is what their premium is, what their copay is, what the doctor's list is, uh, you know, what, what a health savings account is, a health reimbursement account, all peripheral items. But no one's getting to the core issue of what does something cost. And the way to solve a problem and the way businesses are run is when you define a need for a certain circumstance, what you're looking for is the best value uh, and the best, uh, you know, ultimate uh, um, 
uh, result with the least impact on the overall cost of that cost center. Well, the reason why we have been fortunate is that, uh, you know, Dave is a consultant uh, that has helped many, many types of employers and even helped some PBMs. And his services are available to a small and medium-sized employer as part of the program that we at uh, ETCHIC, Employers Committed to Control Health Insurance Costs, are feel is uh, necessary to be able to do the right job for any employer. So if you're an employer out there and you're being impacted with drug costs being too high, as well as uh, uh, medical, you need a professional to help you. And a professional, not in the insurance field, that sells premiums and gets commissions, but a professional that has expertise in specific areas, and pharmacy is one of them. Uh, Dave, you've been in this business uh, in the pharmacy area for over 20 years, is that correct? Yes. And you were were the first one, and the only one, years ago, when uh, I found how PBMs worked um, within the insurance system, and when large employers were contracting directly with PBMs, you were the first one that was willing to show small employers how to bypass the premiums and get to the PBM at the time. Am I right about that? Yeah, you're correct. It used to be a pretty common thing for a PBM to say, well, we don't deal with groups that are less than 250 employees or 500 employees or whatever number it was. And uh, we were able to, uh, to make the case that if a uh, HMO came to the table, they had a bunch of little groups too. And why can't a broker have a bunch of little groups? And we were successful at, at making that argument. Yeah, yeah, and the thing that got my attention is uh, years ago, uh, there was an article in Consumer Report, and it was talking about um, you know how uh, employers, large employers, were reducing their costs. And they said large employers bypass the insurance system and they go right to PBMs. That just goes back you know, some time before some of the predatory practices really took hold as they are today. So it's like I thought, well, let's get to the PBM directly and uh, you can't get to the PBM if you have an insurance company that incorporates that into their program. So we found a way to um, work with resources in the insurance business and then work with Dave who was able to uh, set this up for small employers, mimicking the exact um, approach that large employers took. Hey, since that time, uh, you know, Dave has been helpful, and I've and, and we have advocated uh, that where where uh, uh, possible, sometimes an employer worked directly with a uh, pharmacy, uh, and um, we also have the resource for you know, PBMs to help in a PBM to help in that in, in that regard also. But um, Dave, you know, from our standpoint, we thank you for what you've been able to do for everybody, and it's been very very effective. Well, Howard, it's been a it's been a pleasure to work with the Etchick Group, and uh, you know we're learning stuff all the time, and we'll continue to do that. Well, you know, it, uh, uh, for those who are listening, um, don't for, don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Our website is ECCHIC. If you'd like to make contact with us by phone, our phone number is three one four nine nine seven. 
And uh, we have many, 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 many employer groups who uh, have been able to stabilize their cost, uh, has been able to lessen the impact of cost by having a management team with expertise like Dave's at their disposal. Dave, are there, are there any other uh, items that perhaps you think might be helpful? Well, I just would, would also mention uh, I, I don't work for Etchick and Howard. I work with them. Uh, my company is Windsor Benefits Solutions, and you can find my website under that name, windsorbenefitsolutions.com. Uh, feel free to check me out, and uh, contact information is there also. Uh, do you have an email that you'd like to put up? Sure. It's david at windsorbenefitsolutions.com. And would you like a phone number to put up? Sure. Area code 618-580-1100. If anybody wants to seek out uh, some very, very good advice, uh, we'll give you good advice. Give Dave a call if your drug costs are too high. Hey, Dave, thanks so much. We really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Howard. I appreciate the opportunity. We want to help our clients in as many ways as possible, and that means giving them valuable knowledge. We run regular webinars where we cover topics that are useful in assisting with your business employee insurance needs. See what's coming up next. Explore our calendar at ECCHIC.com.